This episode of Life of Mine is brought to you by Tasman Safety and Training Services. Now, Terry and the team at Tasman are Australia's premium provider of safety and training services, ranging from on-site training to safety equipment inspections, staff hire solutions, and much, much more. You can contact Tez and the team at Tasman via info at taztraining.com.au. Now, remember this. The only time you'll be complaining is when you don't use Tasman safety and training. Righto, here we go. G'day everyone, welcome to Life of Mine, the go-to mining podcast. Now, today I've got Adam Turns back. Turns, you would have heard him in his earlier episodes, talking about... I guess an alternative view of safety, making safety simpler. Now, Turnsy just recently went to a conference where he spoke, and a lot of it was about uh, looking at studies that have been done about where, well, essentially remo- removing all the procedures and systems actually didn't change how many incidents actually occurred. And this was a Woolworth specifically. So, look, this is a very interesting episode. We go into, we talk all sorts of random shit about safety. But the, look, the general consensus is that maybe decluttering the systems and procedures we currently have in place in mine sites uh, might, be the, might be the way to go in terms of reducing the amount of incidents. So anyway, uh, look, lock yourself in. Very interesting chat. And anyone in the underground mining scene that thinks we have too much bullshit to deal with down the hole in terms of rules and everything, this is the episode you want to listen to. So right, here we go. Copy, ship off. I got radio check. Yeah, radio's working fine. Yeah, copy your personnel. Yeah, copy, mate. Yeah, stitch her up there. Thanks, mate. Yeah, righto, copy that. Right, Turnsy, you're back, mate. You're back for round two for Life of Mine, I think. No, Tucker. Tucker was. Tucker oh, was. Mate, I felt special for about five seconds then. He was, um, Tucker's a very special unit himself, so I don't know if you want to aspire to be the level of tucker he's coming to celebrity that bloke just has he yeah i'll just based all on, the airplay he's been getting yeah well yeah, i've just bribed him with free piss and he's just hopping on me back with it all so yeah it's <laughs> oh, good they are good, just, yeah, good uh, well, support, our, well our last uh last episode turns we were talking at you predicted three nil for the state of origin I and did. we um i think i released it about just as around when we lost game one and thinking fuck but uh oh what a recovery what a recovery by new south wales i'll tell you what they uh i know how to get me excited i can assure you about that oh we um i actually i was supposed to be on night shift for game three and bloody i ended up swapping me cross shift he did he did nights for me and i did days so we could watch it and the other bloody jumbo up on the crew did the same and we uh, ended up, the, the TV wore watching it on shit itself, so we watched the last 15 minutes, we were on my phone, like three of us phone. huddled around the bloody, uh, the Telstra, the NRL yeah. app, oh no, I think it was the Channel 9 streaming app, and uh, and we've like, oh, couldn't believe it, I just couldn't believe that last bloody play, I, I was just, I was thinking, right, we're going into Golden Point, that's it, and then just bang, we're in, I couldn't believe Mate, it. It was beautiful. I was there. It was sensational. Oh, were you? Yeah. I, uh, mate, I get so animated watching that game. Jeez. I embarrassed the missus. 
everyone was laughing at me because I was getting so excited. Just to, I guess I'm just passionate, mate. Oh, aren't, aren't we all? Aren't we all? But yeah. uh, that last 20 seconds was very, very exciting. Oh, the bloody, the old ANZ would have erupted, eh? 80,000 people going off their tits, I assume 80,000, like minus the yeah, Queensland well, supporters. 82 or something, I think they got there. It was, um, I think it was a record. Ah, it was a good crowd. Loved but, it. But even the wait before, like just waiting for them to actually award it, it was just like, oh, there's no way in the world they could pull this up. No way. And they didn't, which was very good. Oh, he just uh, kept his bloody foot in. Oh, Yeah, he did good old Fergo. Did very well. Yeah. Oh, mate, what else has been happening, Turnsy? After the fame that the podcast has given you or lack of. Mate, uh, <laughs> oh, mate, the phone hasn't stopped ringing. Just people <laughs> ringing from everywhere. <laughs> oh, mate, it's been uh, good just working, obviously. Just uh, plugging away in, in Sydney town. Um, obviously listening to some of your other podcasts, which have been good. The the diversification uh, of it. Mate, you go... You go from me and you end up with Bill Beeman. There's a bit of a gap between us two. Then back down to <laughs> Tucker. Mate, <laughs> <laughs> you're just a man of the people. Oh, I've just, yeah. uh, that's what I'm, I'm, I can, I can hold any convoy. That's what I'm, I was thinking all these bloody, that was like me skills throughout life. I thought it was being able to, you know, being able to bloody talk yeah. to, have a, talk shit with anyone of any level. Yeah. And I've, I've, I've now found a way to do it. Well, I, I just thought it was a. I thought it was just a drunken skill before. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. I love the it. The beauty of the podcast. Uh, it's been really good listening to them. I've even been getting a bit, uh, bit uh, homesick. I guess you could say. Oh, missing, missing the, the missing the WA miss- mining. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm thinking back and of. Uh, yeah, it's really been pulling on the heartstrings, mate. I've been loving it. So yeah, yeah, you're right. my little uh, little gateway back there. So <laughs> who knows what'll happen in the future? Oh, the drug of underground mining, hey? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what? Uh, missing the boys and oh, that's it. That's the hardest thing, isn't it? I said to the the missus when we, you know, with the go away for the week and we just moved into a new camp where I am and it's. Yeah. The pub's right there when you get off the bus, so you all the boys go to the pub together. You, it's you know running around. You got the adrenaline through the shift to smash it out for a week. It's bloody it's, oh, it's like a holiday sometimes. Tough being away, but you can't you can't get a better bloody a better environment to be away in. Essentially, sometimes yeah. it's it uh, can be good fun. Well, I think some of us forget that all too often and get a bit bitter and twisted, but uh, it's. Yeah, there's a lot of good things about it. Damn. Uh, oh, it's yeah. Two, I don't, I don't envy the two and one fellas. That's that that starts pushing the friendship. But the <laughs> the week, the week on week off, can't bloody beat it. Yeah. Yeah. No, so what's bloody? Might all be, all be even time rosters soon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, let's it's, um, let's bloody hope. Uh, what, what um, else? what are you been up to? Safety wise, how's the how's Oops. the tunnels? Safety-wise, and that they're going good. We're plugging away with the old uh, with the tunnel. Um, yeah, it's very similar, really. A lot of crossover. A lot of the boys have done both, so that's good. Other than that, safety front. I I don't know if I mentioned last time I spoke at my first ever little conference the other day last week. Jesus, right? What was uh, the uh, what was the conference called? 
just Wait, so we can look it up on YouTube. Would, who would have thought people would listen to me talk? Oh, um, well, I've got to for the next two hours, but um, funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have fun, though. Oh, no. Um, mate, it was called uh, Future Proofing Safety. Yeah, so, right. So looking to, looking to the, not reflecting the on the past, looking at how safety's going to change for the better. Yeah. And um, so my talk was on uh, compliance or engagement, basically saying that I think uh, having the people working engaged is more important than ticking boxes, which I probably went into a little bit in my last talk. Well, I think that was the theme, um, wasn't it, what we were saying, yeah. that uh, trying to say now pretty much workplace inspections are not worth a bloody pinch of shit. Yeah, just try and simplify everything. So I had me talk and I probably thought I was going to be a bit controversial, but uh, overall the theme of the the whole, well, actually a quarter summit, not a conference, the theme of the uh, summit was... That was probably the underlying theme, and a lot of people of uh, a lot of industries and that are already doing it and trying to do it. Um, there's some interesting studies being done, and there are a couple of really great talkers that well, I actually uh, got a lot out of it and really enjoyed enjoyed the two days. It was excellent. So I'm so sure what, we can talk about that a bit more. Yeah. Well, what um, what other industries were there? Were you the only one from the resources sector there? Uh, Oh, there was another. There's a couple of oil and gas. Um, there was one oil and gas guy and uh, one girl. Um, there was a lot of like utilities, so um, like Downer, Queensland utilities. A couple of people came down from Queensland for it. Uh, who else did we have? We had a Qantas pilot talk. Um, it was a very broad range of. of industries and that but uh as i said the theme was all pretty much more focused on people rather than systems and even thinking because it was about the future i thought uh people would be talking about a lot of uh different innovations and stuff like that but it all pretty much came back to people and making it easier for them so it's all pretty pretty soft science sort of stuff yeah um a lot of psych um stuff in there which uh i got a bit out of because i kind of like that sort of stuff so um yeah mate it was a really good couple of days yeah right so uh, what what what's some of the i guess the or the these studies you studies you're talking about are there i know they're talking about the future but have any of these is there anything being sort of implemented in any industry at the moment that's i guess taken that taken that <laughs> quantum leap where we're going to say right we're going to trial we're going to trial having fucking no rules or taking procedures away or anything like that? Is anyone at that stage yet? Mate, so well, one of the talks, so Dan over there, um, obviously they have a have a resources arm in, in mining. Um, it wasn't the mining guys there, it was their utilities guy. Uh, he got up and spoke and his talk was, I probably think, one of the best of the uh, two days. He... Well, basically, it stemmed from, I think, his previous job. don't know who it was with or what company it was, but basically they'd implemented their, their golden rules or critical rules, which everyone seems to be doing these days. Yep. Um, anyway, they had a couple of breaches. I think it was working at Heights once. Um, so 
everyone was starting to freak out a little bit, going, righto, they're not following our golden rule, what's going on? So he put it to them that uh, they have a, a bit of a forum. So over a, a couple of weeks, he sat down with 90 of the blokes doing the job and he said in the very first one, they had groups of 10 or something like that. In the very first one, uh, someone piped up and said, every single, every single body, everybody has done what this bloke did. And he's like, what? And the bloke said, well, everyone's done it. You can't do the job without doing it. And he thought, oh, I'd better confirm this for starters. <laughs> Jeez, so, uh, around, everyone would have been up that bloke for <laughs> dobbing everyone uh, in, eh? <laughs> they went around the room and uh, basically everyone had. And over the over the, the multiple forums that they did, every single person had actually done it. And so they sort of looked at it and went, well, if everyone's doing it, the rule can't be really good. Because what what was so, the what was it um where not wearing a lanyard or something for was it working at height specifically you said yeah I might have probably should have looked into it a bit more but I'm pretty sure it was a working height one and maybe going near the near a live edge of, on a building or something like that I think it was um, so what I think what they were doing was they actually had to unhook to do a specific task um, so in unhooking they were. They were have, having the breach, but they couldn't do it without unhooking. Um, so from that, anyway, the 90 people did it. So they re-looked at it and went, right, oh, if, if we can't do it, then we have to think of a different way. So instead of the blokes um, trying to do the job quickly and rushing um, so they don't get caught, let's allow them to actually do it. Before they do it, they have to really stop and think about how they're going to go about it. Because um, that's a big, that's a look. We'll we'll go down, <laughs> go down pretty deep in this today, I assume. But that'd be half. That was that another theme as well. It's like these these rules that are in place, or shitload of bloody rules that are in place on look in any industry. Are they? Do you think it's like as you, exactly how you said it? Do you think it's making people people are rushing to do these things because they're rushing so they don't get caught? Yeah, oh mate, I I think that's a hundred percent. You know, look, and part of well, without tooting my own horn, going into my talk, I I spoke about the things that I think complying with rules how it actually hurt us more than helped us. Yeah, and part of that was in that. Um, Obviously, I've been involved in a lot of investigations over the years in mining, and uh, not once did I hear anyone say, "Oh, the reason that happened was because I didn't comply with something." Yeah. They always said I wasn't, I wasn't paying attention, or I was rushing. Yeah, that's M- pretty much wasn't across on the job. The, that's right. So that's got nothing to do with ticking a box. Um, but we always, well, I guess, we always jumped to that, and, and the other part, I think, we always took the easy option. Um, and that was when something went wrong. If if we could easily find a gap somewhere in a procedure, we made something up to say we're doing something so that wouldn't happen again. When when in reality, you probably yeah, it might have played a role in it, but it probably was more to do with the bloke who was actually doing it than um, than anything else. And not that he intentionally did it or or did it out of spite or anything like that. It was just that at the time when he was doing it, 
he wasn't paying attention because, mate, I'd say very rarely does someone ever hurt himself the very first time they've done a job. It's always, they could have done it a thousand times, you know, um, and then they end up hurting themselves because they're not, they're doing something silly. Because what um, is that? Is that a reflection on the the whole incident investigation processes like ICAM? So they, look, look, I'm not too up on ICAM. I remember you didn't even know what it stand for last time we were bloody <laughs> talking, but is that... Like, don't, the, don't, the, don't bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, um, oh. is that a reflection on that whole process that it, it's how you're supposed to investigate an incident is look for gaps where the oh, where they fucked up the didn't follow procedure and just blame it on that you don't you you don't it doesn't give you any room to go into this whole another depth of looking at the psychology behind it or the oh, fact that yeah I think it does to a point um, look I'm not a massive fan of ICANs because I think they're used I think they were again used as a tool to to show that something was being done rather than um, for how they how they should have been used. They were meant to be used for very like serious incidents where a lot of stuff was unexplained, but um, over the years it sort of became a the, the fallback, you know, and as soon as anything appeared serious or, or there was potential for something, um, they'd always go, ah, oh, let's, let's I cam it and, and get to the bottom of it. And I think, it, I think it's probably caused a lot of, uh, issues down the line that you know, I might by myself in saying that, but um, uh, I think yeah, a lot of things have probably been brought in that if it was investigated in a in a different way, um, people wouldn't have even thought about it. And the different there would be zero difference. Yeah, and what where where that down a that specific situation you're talking about about the young clipping and cardinal rules with that that down a job where where did that get to did they so I, I think the outcome of that was instead of they they sort of pulled back on it and said okay instead of these being hard and fast rules they're guidelines and if we get to a point where we don't think we can do the job without um without breaking these things then we have to stop and and think about what we're doing and how we're doing it um so changed it from being a hard and fast rule to something where there was a bit of flexibility. Um, so it, it actually wasn't Downer. It was the guy who worked for Downer. It was his previous employer. I can't even he, – he didn't mention who he was working for at the time. No, but, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So basically they just went from being hard and fast to, to being flexible and being able to move um, when it came to the things where they uh, had to think about what they were doing. So – because that's a that's the other thing. If you and that, I suppose having that grey area, people will think, "Oh, where's the grey area? Where's like grey areas introduce so many, oh, I guess perceived issues." But the way I look at it, it's like, well, if they're doing, if they're, I guess, not conforming to the guideline. This is exactly what you said. If they're not conforming to this procedure, and no one's conforming to it in certain certain situations, and no one's getting hurt. And they're not; they don't appear to be putting themselves at risk of getting hurt. Then it's not; yeah. it's like the, the, the that's the positive thing that comes out of the grey area. Yeah, that's right. So they'd brought in this rule that was meant to save their life, yet everyone breaks it and nothing happens. Yeah. So is the rule is the rule really that um, 
or is it? I'll say needed. It's probably not the right right term, but um, I guess I guess they they bring these things in with the the life the you old know, life saving things. But everyone does it, and nothing happens. So it sort of doesn't make sense. If something was brought in to save you, then if anyone breaks it, really it should mean there's a catastrophe, um, which isn't the case. So do we get a bit carried away with? with uh, the way we look at things sometimes, I think, is what came of it. Well, that... And, and I, I... Yeah, you're right. Sorry, Gamer. You're oh, right. Go. Just, just like, since we're on the... I guess the, or I guess it all comes back to this clipping on, clipping off, working at heights, and if you, you apply it to, say, underground specifically, you can look at um, harnesses and lanyards in IT baskets in, and charge-up, right, in charge-up baskets. And that, yeah, God, how, how long have they been in for? Probably, what, uh, mate, 20 years? Or? 20, no, 2010. I remember doing the first work in a heights course at Telfer. Yeah. The very first one in 2010. Yeah, right. But that, but yeah. it was it mandatory? Because the only time I've ever worked in mining, I've always had to have a harness and lanyard on. I started in yeah. 2010. But unless that, yeah, was, nah. that was right at the start, was it? Yeah, I'd never wore one before that. I remember him talking about saying it was mandatory. But then yeah. the whole, the whole purpose of, I shoot like the only time you're going to need a lanyard and a harness is if you climb over the edge of the basket and jump out, or if you're standing on the edge of the basket. Like I just, I can't see why, how you'd need it unless unless you make the choice yourself to stand on the edge of the basket and do a job and then slip. Or stand or lift your um, centre of gravity above that, above the, the rail, you know. Or step on something in the basket and get yourself higher and you fall over or something like that. Yeah, and, and look, that, and it just all comes back to the, the choices that people are going to make. They're going to, God, you can stand on the edge. Yeah, you yeah. can. You can if you're going to make the choice to stand on the edge of the basket. Yeah, then you're you're exposing yeah, yourself right. to a fall from be height. At, you, of course, you're going to be at a much higher risk of falling off if you do that. If you don't, then there's no real dramas, you know. Look, man, I I never had an issue working in a basket without a harness. Didn't phase me one little bit. Oh, and they just look, look, not, and this is not saying that this is uh, anything that's going to change. Just using it as an example, oh. but it's um. No, that's right. And I, I assume the the whole reason of the harness and lanyards came in because someone fell out of a bloody basket. <laughs> yeah, I think it was from memory an incident in Queensland um, and the, they hadn't put the pins in the basket and the basket fell off. Yep, yep. And a bloke was killed. I'm pretty sure that was the catalyst for it. Um but in saying that, I really wouldn't want to be in a basket with a harness on if the uh, pins hadn't been put in and the basket fell off either, you know. So yeah. I imagine that wouldn't be real comfortable if you had a harness on either. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that, And that's a uh, – yeah, well, like, and you just look at – look at – you go – you look at that specific incident, why – how harnesses came about was, I guess – if that was the case, it had it had nothing to do with what the person was doing in the basket either. Like it's it's something no, that's, that's been, right. something that's been bought in based on the pins not being in. Like there's a whole, yeah. it's just a whole different thing, I guess. 
There are a few hairy uh, videos of blokes in EWPs um, working on building sites and that, that where the EWP falls over and blokes go flying and it'd be, uh, probably wouldn't have been that good if they hadn't have had harnesses on in those cases. So I guess there's positives and negatives against, well, for both both views, I guess. Well, there, and uh, that's it. But you look at the 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 physics of those EWPs, they are just... Oh, like that's the, right. The height, they, height they get to. Like, that's right. They could be 15, 20 metres in the air where a basket underground, you're looking at five metres, six metres. Yeah, yeah, but that's yeah, like that's the top of the the top of the that's basket right. essentially. That's, yeah, that's exactly right. It's where your head is, not where your feet. So yeah, but oh look, but, that's uh, just and, just an example. Not saying yeah, we've not digressed so, it. We've digressed a little bit there, haven't we? Yeah. yeah. Well, God, we we haven't come in with the plan at all. <laughs> <laughs> what um? I, I forget what I forget what even took us there, mate. Uh, and, uh, oh, I think we were talking about grey areas. So. Grey areas. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think the biggest problem is that um, our legislation is actually grey. Yeah. And but they try to make it black and white. That's exactly right. Companies try and make it black or white, and in the end, they end up making a rod for their back by bringing in all these rules, and then then uh, they get you end up getting into trouble because you're not complying with your own uh, system rather than legislation because you could probably prove that what you were doing was safe um, but because you've created all these things over and above legislation then then you're not complying with your own systems therefore you're negligent yeah yeah um, and what what other that's that's the uh, I guess the construction construction side of things as an example at that conference what what other ones were they talking about some of the i guess some of the key things you took out of it so it was actually we'll go to the so down there they two people spoke first one was the the head of safety and the other one she was like a she was a scientist of some form she was doing a phd and she'd actually uh what's happening there mate oh bloody knock the phone (laughs) she um had previously done a study with woolworths of all people so Woolworths are at the cutting edge of safety. Um, and, mate, they, what they did, they got the got uh, Queensland WorkSafe in or whatever they call themselves. They got legislators, regulators, everyone sat down and they said, right, we want to do something different. Um, so they basically got different stores. Um, they had one of the stores not discuss safety. I think it was over a 12-month period. Um, I may be wrong on that. There's a, there is a paper if you want to go out and read it that's been published. Um, so what I took from it was I had one place that uh, didn't talk about safety or have any safety, any signage or any meetings or anything like that for 12 months. So out of Woolies, they pretty much just took away all procedures, all everything safety yep. orientated. Took everything away. Uh, they had one continue with what they were currently doing. And then they had a third one that they basically... Um, so one of the words to come out of the thing that everyone was talking about was decluttering. So they had a third one that decluttered 
got rid of a lot of uh, bureaucratic stuff, um, a lot of box ticking. Uh, spoke about safety more openly um, and had a lot rather like a lot flatter kind of structure when it came to safety and everyone had a voice essentially. Yeah. Um, and pretty much over that period of the study, uh, the one that did nothing and the one that continued the same way, uh, their results were very similar to the point where they said they were exactly the same. So, so uh, very, really very no- similar to like all three across the board had the same result. Is that what you're saying? No, no. The one that continued doing what they were already doing and then the one that did nothing had the same results. Yep. The one that, the one that decluttered outperformed. So it was by far the best result. So decluttering, so, you're saying you've still you've still got a a focus on safety, but you're getting rid of all the bullshit. Pretty much, yeah. Um, so it outperformed, and I think from that they've they're leaning towards going that way across the board. So, so um, what what we're outperformed in terms of um, the so amount of incidents, incidents, or yeah, I, I'd say less incidents, less workers' compensation sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, basically saved the company money and didn't hurt anyone. Yeah, or hurt less people. <laughs> or hurt less people. Yes. Yeah, and what? And you said that they got an exemption from the government or the yeah, the from reg- regu- or, regulatory yeah. to yeah. to be able to do this. Yeah. So. I'd oh, love that's to do interesting. That. <laughs> grab grab a grab a mining company. Grab the mines department. Sit down with them. Come up with a plan. It'd be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah, I'd love to. Would love to do it. Yeah, and what? But oh, shit, where would you start? Like in terms of the, yeah, guess, Gee, there, there's such a. Oh, I, I guess, guess they're they're going to. Ex, it's such a big, a big thing to do. Like in terms, of if you're doing a trial for one mine site, and something did happen at that mine site during this trial, like a fatality, for example, which which which. I, God forbid, hope doesn't happen anywhere. But um, no, that, that, that's the—I I think that's the big—that's the big thing. People are gonna when you're doing a trial because you're just doing it somewhere. You're not doing it across the board. I guess. The, I guess the thing is, mate, you, you're you're doing a trial to try and improve stuff, not yeah, just to get rid of it for the sake of getting rid of it. You're trying to. It's been proven elsewhere, you know. So um, it's not as though it's that left field someone else has already done it and the results already show that it works so in reality you'd think it would work anywhere and i don't see why it wouldn't because maybe when you go back to people people like simplicity and um if you the amount of stuff that people have to do before they even get the job or the amount of jump hoops they've got to jump through before they can start doing something that that leads them to to rushing, um, which then people make mistakes when they rush. Yeah, actually, randomly read an article the other day, and they said if you if your heart rate gets over a hundred, you aren't in the right frame of mind in the right frame of mind to make good choices. Yeah, right. <laughs> what and there's so, yeah. So what they so did? Yeah. They did a study. Obviously, did a study on people yeah. with varying heart rates and. Yeah, mate. I'm pretty sure I saved that article somewhere because I read it. I went, oh, that's pretty interesting. Um, 
yeah, imagine how many people you go to work with every day and how it rates sits over 100. Oh, it's pretty much all day when you're underground. That's Nearly. exactly right. So, Except when you have them crib, yeah. if they're if you have crib. Oh, some blokes eat like horses too, so they're probably over 100 when they're eating. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's interesting, right? Uh, you, well, you imagine what, what would have hit his heart rate be when he's running around. Oh, like, exactly. If he's bloody north of 120 around, all day. Mesh, lifting bolts, mate. Even on the, well, even on, even if you're just standing, Mate. you're standing there on jumbo. You're that focused and intense all day. Your heart rate's bloody jack because you've got right. so much bloody going on. Hey. Yeah, yeah, nice. Right, well, bloody, yeah. oh, well, what do I want to know? We're going to have a quick breather because I've got to go get a beer. And uh, <laughs> bloody, oh, what I want to know next is, I want to, we'll do a bit of a draft plan, I reckon. We'll do a draft right. plan for mining if, uh, so hypothetically, well, may, it might yeah. not be hypothetically soon, but if uh, Mr. Adam turns himself here, gets the uh, gets the opportunity to implement a trial into a, um, let's let's just do it for underground mining, that's because yeah. that's our bread and butter, um, and let's see what what stuff would sort of. I guess we could do it. Well, a decluttering situation. What what stuff would take out for a decluttering situation? Yeah. Oh, this is going to get people excited. Oh, you're nothing. You're all about controversy. I love this. Love mate, this. I don't think I'm that contra- controversial at all. No, Don't you're just beer, different mate. alternative. Yeah, right. <laughs> let me get a beer. Right, two seconds. Right, we'll get back to our episode in a minute. Now I've got uh, Jess Church, the actual brains behind the Tasman Safety and Training, and it's not Terry. I've got Jess Churston this time. How you going, Jess? Good, mate. How are you? Oh, I'm going good, mate. Now, I've got you on here. I want you to tell me a bit about your uh, little side project, Ed's Sports Bar. Now, where's Ed's Sports Bar located, Jess? Uh, we're at number two, Coburn Road, North Coogee, uh, or you can look at it at South Frio. We're next to the old Newmarket Tavern. Yeah, nice. So, if you're looking for a pub lunch, now, the society's into their pub lunches these days, Jess. Now, what's your fan favourites at Ed's? What do you provide? We've got a pretty good uh, selection of homemade meals. Uh, we've got the Steak Sanger and Ed's Burger. At the moment, they're both on special for uh, $20 worth a pint of your choice. And Sports Bar. What makes Ed's such a good sports bar? Uh, it's got an amazing big screen. Uh, we've got sports on every day, and you've got nine other TVs that we've got different sports on as well with plenty of sporting memorabilia on the walls as well. Yeah, I'm sure the All Blacks get played there a bit. Now, while you're watching this sport, how much much you're setting back for a pint at Ed's? Uh, We've got everyday specials. Uh, At the moment, we've got uh, $8 furphy pints. Um, And every Thursday, we've got any pint pint is $8. Yep, and you've got a bottle attached too, do you, Jess? We do, mate. Uh, We've got an independent bottle, so we're not tied up with... The Thirsty Camel or Bottle Mart, so it's it's all owner-operated. That all sounds fantastic. Now, everyone, do yourselves a favour. Head, head on down to Ed Sports Bar for a pint, and if you're an All Blacks fan, I think that's the spot to go. And uh, thanks very much for that, Jess. We'll get back to the episode. Cheers. Righto, turns. We're back. I'm bloody, Righto. I'm getting hydrated. So, now, just a, a recap. A recap on the, the Woolies trial. So, we had a, we had a one... One site that did nothing, it just continued with the, I guess the all the procedures and everything. Heavy safety focus. They had one trial, one trial that pretty much took everything away. 
yep. essentially. And then you had the declutter, which was take away what we'd call bullshit. So let's just say took half of the half of the procedures away. And yep. the Woolworths, the um, the one that stayed the same, the one that took everything away, achieved the same results, same yep. amount of incidents, and the the decluttering pretty showed the outperformed outperformed right. so not less if, if, you, if you look at it a different way what that essentially says is that what we're doing now is no different to doing nothing yeah yeah but but having some of it but some of it that is in place is very very yeah. much needed yes yeah right so let's do let's do a hypothetical for a for an underground mine. So if you're gonna you're gonna implement a trial, like God, where would you there's so many bloody procedures in so many departments, but I I'd reckon you've got some some big ticket items that would have given you the shits over the years of being a safety manager. Where would you start? I guess the big thing is I I think a lot of it is uh a lot of it's got to do with putting like little band aids on after something happens, you know, like they're trying to plug a gap. So they stick another paragraph in a procedure to say, we now do this, um, and that prevents something happening. So I think you'd have to, well, first of all, you sit down with the people that work there and ask them, because they're the ones doing it. Well, what, are, you, what are your biggest it. roadblocks? That's exactly right. Um and you go, what is the stuff that that annoys you the most, that you see, that you do, that you get zero value from? And our favourite topic we spoke about the last time, workplace inspections. Yep. Writing typically. it down on a piece writing it down on a piece of paper. I actually think that most people do a workplace inspection before they start working. Yeah. They in walk in there, they, that's exactly right. Yeah, but, but just you can't because it's not right. No. But just because it's written on paper, it apparently means that it's been done. It doesn't matter if it was done sitting in the in the muster room before before the pre-start, which a lot of them to get done there. Yeah, it would be. So yeah, yeah, exactly. But then you're doing, you, but you actually do it while you're, <laughs> while you're writing them in the bloody meeting before you go down, you're actually thinking, well, I'll assume most people, you're in there thinking about your job. You're thinking about what's coming up. You look at yeah, the shift sheet right. and you're like, how the fuck am I going to do this? I've been in there yesterday. I know this was fucked. And yeah. you, you're in there already, but you're not. There's no way to quantify it for the squeezes and the uh, metrics that they want. No, that's right. So what uh, a lot of the stuff that, a lot of the paperwork side of things was just there to to prove that something had been done. But my my thinking was that it actually doesn't prove anything. It just proves that someone wrote on a piece of paper. Yeah. Yep. Right, so they, we're fucking them off, I gather, yeah. straight oh, away. Mate, I, I don't think so. And, and the other thing you've got to remember is if just because it gets taken away doesn't mean you, have, you don't do it anymore if you want to yeah so if if something that's a rule that you love um that that you want to keep doing well the other thing you've got to remember is right we're going to a bit of psych stuff here that uh if people don't have 
the opportunity or choice to say no, if they don't believe in it, they won't do it regardless. Yep. I like that. So, I can relate to that. Yeah. So I think we talked about it on the phone the other day, the old glove rule, making, making gloves mandatory. If people don't see the value in it, they won't wear them because it's a rule that was made by someone who probably never has to wear them. Yeah. Yeah, but and then oh, I was... I was actually on the contrary, the contrary to that. Yeah. Like when I, 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 I never used to wear them. Um, so you, you, but then, but you then, could also be looking at it from a different way. Sorry, man. Yeah, you're right. No, nah, but I, I, I never used to wear them, and I got a bloody finger injury. Bloody pelican yeah. picking for me lifters at a. This is a few years ago. Pelican picking for the lifters and bloody just swiped it on a bloody rock on a bit of quartz yeah. and just. Me, uh, me knuckle Can't of my finger it. looked like a bloody vagina. I've got a good photo. I'll um, I'll, se- I'll send it Text to you. It to me, mate. I'll, I'll find it right now as I'm speaking. Anyway, so, and, and then I actually, from that, I did see the. After that, really? I did see the benefit of gloves, but more so when I went to a site where they were mandatory. I just got I. I followed the rules obviously and i'd look i just got used to them and or the more i got used to them the more i saw the benefit of them a lot more just yeah. keep keeping me bloody fingernails clean to so, be honest so yeah so in the end it was your choice yeah exactly yep you you saw the value in it whereas if someone goes about their business and for whatever reason they hate wearing gloves and then a lot of the time it's you go you know, it's more so just for people to to validate themselves and show that they're right. Yep, exactly. Because people love being right. Oh, here we um, go. I've got. I found it. <laughs> this is a rip. Oh, your picture. Oh, I should. Um, I might even. I might even post this on the. Uh, post this on the bloody thingamajig, whatever you call it, on yeah, the uh, Facebook post. People can look at my bloody vaginal finger. Oh, it's a bloody ripper. You're Send right. it through. Text Adam, it to me now, mate. Adam turns. Well, I've got two numbers here for you. What are you? Five double two or nine six one? Five double two. Get rid of nine six one, mate. That's an old work one. Yeah, I've got bloody. Yeah, here we go. Sending it through. But yeah, oh, that's that was that was my yeah. And, and as you said, but then I but then I look at it on like, well, would have I made the i already made the choice prior to going there mandatory because i was sick of bloody getting grease all on my fingernails but yeah it's on yeah i'm pretty sure but having a mandatory i just um even have them on in the ute now because i'm like well i saw the value of the fact that i've had them on in the ute it saved me time when i got out to pick something up off the decline of spending that bloody 20 seconds to put the bastards on so i saw the value in it so the other the other uh Point you can take from that and again we're getting getting off track a little bit is that if you're i'll say if you're happy enough and confident enough in yourself and someone tells you to do something you don't have to prove that you're right i'm not doing it you can just go yeah right i'll do it doesn't, yeah doesn't bother me um and uh you do it for the sake of the, the benefit benefit yourself so you don't have to listen to them continually telling you to do something because it doesn't phase you that much i guess yeah so like and when you were saying about that 
workplace inspections how you wouldn't you wouldn't get rid of them like because workplace inspections i know the ones um the ones burn cut had were really really detailed but they're such a good tool for new starters to yeah that's right it gives them that so when we say about people doing workplace inspections in their head they're the people you know with experience they know you cardinal bloody things to look for when you go into a heading whereas a new starter might and so those workplace inspections and are a very good tool for them to just get get that pretty much get that repetition going so they can actually do one in their head yeah and look to have one there and run through it whenever you go into a heading i've got no dramas with that i'm talking more about the the unseen um, issues that arise from being forced to fill them out and hand them in. It's a, it's a you have to do two a day or else that's you get right. bloody Two penalized. a day, but what yeah. if you do five jobs? What is it like you do two of them and then the other three, what, you don't worry about it or what? It probably actually even hurts more that they might fill out the two and then when they go into the other three, they go, I've already done my two, so I don't even have to think about this. Yeah. Instead yeah. of walking in there and going, right, hey, what am I looking for? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, not so right. So we're we're we're, uh, we're the trial is getting rid of workplace inspe- mandatory workplace inspections. It's not getting rid of workplace inspections. It's just getting rid of the the mandatory thing you have to do one a day. Like you, you, yeah. you essentially you essentially uh, making them the same as a JSA. It's like. Whereas, like, like JSAs aren't mandatory, like, they, but they, when the situation arises that you're doing a job out of the ordinary, they're like, well, you do a JSA because it's something so it'd be the same for a workplace inspection. Yeah. If you've got something that's a bit out of the ordinary and a bit, bit different to what you do each day, but still has a procedure behind it, that, that that's the situation you do one. So you can even take it over to JSAs if you want to, because in reality, after you fill out a JHA and sign onto it, how often do you go back and refer to it before you do the job? Exactly, exactly. And it's, so why don't you just sit there and talk about it? Yeah, 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 exactly. Now, mate, <laughs> if you re- if you really want to go into proving it, fucking make a recording of it. Yep. Of the discussion. Well, it's and a digital age. Pen and paper's obsolete nearly, dear. That's exactly right. Go right, oh, we're going to sit around. How are we going to do this job? First, we're going to do this, then we're going to do that. Blah 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 blah. Let's go do it rather than stopping, taking six hours to get it signed off, and then going, going to do the job. And then everyone's annoyed because you could have done it. For instance, one place I worked at, I think it took us two days to get something signed off, and then it took three minutes to do the job. Yeah. <laughs> But then it's like well, we had one the other day. We had to, yeah, we had we had to weld up a. I think I had to weld the cradle on the jumbo at the workshop, and we had to wait. They had to do it. The fitters had to do a JSA because um, we we're doing it underground at the work at the bloody, you know, the work place. underground workshop. Yeah. Um, so they but they had to sign a JSA. Uh, they had to do a JSA and they had to wait for the shit. They had to get the shift boss to come. She's a big fucking spread out mine. Shift boss could have been anywhere. Yep. They had to get him to come to sign the JSA so they could do the do the job. So the boilermaker could weld, which is very fucking routine for him. But you've just yep. like that whole 
that whole process has just robbed the bloody shift boss of time to go inspect another job, which could have had a flow-on effect for anyone. Absolutely. Well, That's exactly right. So how much like, bureaucratic stuff is there that that uh, causes angst further down the line that is completely unseen because a person's wasting hours to do something instead of other stuff that they would normally do as their role. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What's the next ticket item? Uh, I think you'd so you sit down and you talk to everyone, find out what their biggest hurdles are, I guess. Um, go through it, see if it's, it's feasible. Because um, obviously there will probably be some stuff you go, oh, well, no, we can't take that away. Um, but I think in reality there's there's a hell of a lot you can. Um, and I, I guess uh, this is probably me just – I've always had a, I guess, a theory that when stuff changed in procedures, it didn't really change underground because yeah. – and the stuff, the way they're doing it, it's pretty much the same as it was getting done 12 years ago when I started in mining, I would imagine. But there's been a lot of changes throughout those years. There's just a lot, the, there's a lot more looking over your shoulder now to see if yeah, anyone that's, sees you're doing yeah. it that same way. Yeah, because you're doing it the way you used to. And the other thing that I think, well, um, I don't think there was enough credit given to the blokes for the way they do their job. I think I, um, I guess I'll go back into my little talk that I did the other day. I said having heavily compliance-based things with a lot of rules shows it erodes trust by blokes being told that you can't do something that way because your way's not right. You've got to do it this way. Um and telling people how to do it's one of the worst things you can do to anyone, tell someone how to do their job. Yeah. Um, how does how does then how does that then affect them and their attitude and everything for everything else, you know? But that, it goes um, against that whole the whole thing about underground mining is where when you're learning something, people tell you to like ask multiple people how they do something because everyone does it different. And there's so many different ways to do things and learn. But then the safety-based compliance system and procedures that, that we're talking about is a blanket, essentially a blanket bloody documents that say you have to do it this way and you can't this do this. Way. Yeah. So at, at erodes trust, the other thing it does, it takes responsibility away from the person doing the job. So I think there's a massive... Uh, and I, Again, I think I might have mentioned this last time we chatted. There's a massive gap in re- in responsibilities when it comes to people doing the job, um, and when it's compliance based, the responsibility gets shifted to the actual procedure, not the person, because they can just say, "Well, I'm doing what I was told," but they don't have to take responsibility. It actually takes responsibility from them. But when people People actually want responsibility, believe it or not, and we don't. There's this belief um, that people don't like work, but people actually need to need to work. It's good for them. Um, and what we're doing actually takes a lot of things away from people rather than, than gives them the responsibility that they need. 
Um, so it's about taking stuff out, um, allows people to take responsibility for what they do, and in, in doing that, they're engaged in what they're doing. They want to do a good job. They're not just going through the motions. They're thinking about um, what they're doing rather than how it is now. They're probably thinking more about what they should be doing or how they should be doing it rather than what they're actually doing. Well, that's like when you're talking about the responsibility and essentially giving, giving people they, how they love work. It's like I talked to, when I was talking to Shane McClay off air at, about the Entech boys, I was saying like because he's kept his blokes for so long, and I'm I'm just like, how do you how, like what what have you what do you attribute to keeping them for so long? How do you like because it can be a pretty repetitive and boring sort of work sometimes if you're just sitting in front of a computer. It's just like I just I just snow them in with work. I just give them so much work to do, and they just keep they just you just got to keep them busy. It's the exact same yeah. thing. They're just like. They're sitting there, bloody people sit there in any job twiddling their thumbs. They're going to be like, "Fuck this! I want to go do something different." So that that that's his theory, and he's just he just hammers them with work, and they love it, and it's like it it shows. Yeah, if you want something, if you want something done, who do you give it to? I don't know. The who? Like Is this question. a riddle? Yeah, well, kind of. <laughs> it's it's quite well known. It's, you give it to the person who has the most on. Because they're obviously effective enough that they get shit done. Yeah, right. Eh? Oh, I've never heard that. I like that. Yeah. So, if there's someone that works that you can continually give work and they just power through it, they're the person to give it to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you got you know, the, the thing is there. You got to make sure that you don't overload them, and then they get jack of it. But you got to give them uh, an out, which is if they've got too much on, they've got to tell you. They then say to you, well, what have I got to drop? What, how do you, which order do you want me to do this? Because you've given me so much. What's the priority? Yeah. Very good. Right. Very good. Right. So, hyper, let's, let's say this, whoever's doing this trial, Adam Turns specifically. I'm going to put two Adam Turnses in this story. So Adam yeah. Turns is up the front of the, front of the muster room, got the crew in. Asking about, you know, some of the stuff, some of the roadblocks that they feel that yep. they've got and the stuff that, I don't know, part of the stuff that they feel is clutter. Now, we've got Adam Turns sitting as a member of the crew as well, sitting there watching um, the more senior Adam Turns. Yep. What, what's some of the stuff that, what's something you'd raise? This obviously has to be generic because we're not mine, mine site specific Specific. at the moment but i guess some generic uh, generic things you'd come up with uh mate well i would look at anything that's considered mandatory as a starter um and obviously there's some that we would never go against like going out into open stokes anymore like that's just to me you wouldn't even consider changing that um but i'd say stuff that if you look at say, the hierarchy control, right? Um, I would look at the lower end of that. Mandatory PPE stuff, mandatory admin compliance. I'll start there. That would be the first thing. And so just, what's mandatory admin compliance? So that is one of those so, so I'll, workplace I'll go inspections? Back. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? 
and and procedures and that as well. So I'd look at procedures and I'd. I'll say that you have to be signed off bloody hundred percent on all the procedures for each job. I'd actually look at the content of the procedures, right? So if you ask someone to describe to you how to do a re-entry, how would you describe it? Me personally. You personally. Oh, just go down with a gas monitor when she's less than 30 or less than 15. Depends on what your, uh, what your bloody, uh, what your site specific requirement is. Once it's less than, uh, the, that we'll, limit, we'll drop the sign. Because 30 is pretty standard, right? So to me, you would turn the gas monitor on in fresh air and then you'd drive down. If it goes over 30, you'd drive back until you're under 30. Yeah. And you'd check all the areas you need to check and then come out. How long is the re-entry procedure where you work? Oh, God only knows. I haven't actually done it. I'm not part of the... No, I did do it, actually. I did do it right at the start. Because so it was... Mate, I've seen some that are 20 pages long. Yeah. So something that took us five seconds to describe is a 20-page document. Yeah. So how much fluff is in that? Yeah. But you could use, and this is where you could apply those, you know, the whole like, see, they're sort of, ba- they're, they're sort of those cardinal rules and life-saving commitments there. They're, every site's got a different name to it. They're, they're, they're on the right track there. They're trying to simplify, say, this is, this is the fucking 10 things that'll kill you. That's these right. these are the things to abide for. But, yeah, as you said, why can't a procedure be like that? Why can't a procedure be, here's your 10 dot points, follow these, and that's all. That's what you need to know. So, again, they're, they're trying to do something, but they can't give up what they've done previously. Yeah. So that's where the conflict is. If you want those 10 hard and fast rules, have the 10 hard and fast rules, take everything away. Yeah. Because I think you said that to me in that last chat. You're like, pretty much, yeah, essentially take the procedures away. Here's 10 things, follow them. Don't care how you do your job. Don't break these 10 rules. Yeah. Simple. Yeah, that's right. Right. So you've taken away the clutter of procedures. Yeah, it's just simplifying everything. you, You go through, think about how you would describe something or how you would explain it to someone and then you look compare it to how a procedure is written and the fact that this goes into it takes it away from the blokes but to me a lot of procedures are written to prove that someone has been taught something if something goes wrong rather than actually benefiting them yeah so it's there as an example. If something goes wrong, they go, yeah, well, he's done that procedure. Look, it says right there that he can't do that and he's done it. Yeah. And nothing happened to him. Yeah. It's, it's using it in a, in a – I, I just think a lot of compliance is done for the wrong, wrong reason. Yeah. yeah. And unless it actually benefits the blokes doing the job. And the thing is that it, a lot of the stuff – that's said, it doesn't benefit them. Otherwise, they'd do it already. People have a, a natural tendency to do things the easiest way. And not only that, we also, if we can go into a bit of a history lesson here, we actually always look for the negative. So in reality, we're, we should be looking for what's going to hurt us anyway. 
But what we currently do is taken that away from us because we either think it's already been sorted out so we don't have to worry about anything so we're not looking for it or we're that preoccupied with other shit we're not noticing stuff that's going to hurt us. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. I like, I like, the, I like that. I, wouldn't people respond so much better to a 10, 10 bullet point procedure? You know, not respond. You might actually fucking remember some of it. That's right. You, you know, know when you, you you know when you started a new site and you get piled up with these procedures higher than fucking Mount Everest, and you that's right. you re, you try to read through them and retain some of the information, but be fucked if you got any hope. And, and yeah, in and a year's was- time, you bloody forget it. They're like, oh, the what's in the procedure? Like, I'm oh, fucked if I know. I bloody read through this twenty page document a year ago. Yeah, I'm not supposed to remember right. what's in it. That's exactly right. You can't. The amount of stuff that people go through, they'd be lucky. People say, oh, you remember 10%, but you'd be lucky to remember that. Yeah. Like, even when you read a novel, right, or you read a book, you don't remember exactly what was said. You remember a a, a storyline of it. You remember very few, like, certain things. You don't remember everything verbatim. But if you're given... 10 things, you can probably remember 10 things, yeah. not 20 pages. Well, even if you remembered five, you still remember half of it, <laughs> So, which is probably better yeah, than what we exactly remember. That's exactly right, which is more than you're remembering now. Yeah, yeah. Right, so now let's talk about, I guess, generic underground rules. Like, yeah. But look, a lot of them, as you said, it's pretty, like, not walking out under unsupported ground, not walking into stopes, pretty bloody common. But then... Look, even the whole unsupported ground thing's changed. The definition of unsupported ground, like now it's just like they put the blanket rule, it's like the last full rail bolts. It's like, well, if you haven't got the fucking two bolts in the bottom of each wall, what's that going to affect you walking out under the fucking backs? But anyway, that's a whole other bloody kettle of fish. Yeah. But um, what what sort of stuff, what sort of stuff would you look at from your experience underground things that probably could be mandatory stuff that could be decluttered? I think it, I think a lot of sites have a lot of um, site-specific stuff that they do that maybe other sites don't do. And one, I guess one thing that probably uh, become common more recently, I've seen at a, at a few of the last mines I worked at, was the old um, having numbered signs. Oh, for the yeah, that's a that's a three letter company thing. I won't say the yeah. company, but so you rock up at a sign, you got to call it in. They got to tell you what the hazards are. Yeah, I actually think the system works. But what happens if you can't get hold of the person? You call. It. They're going to go through anyway because <laughs> I just exactly. it's just an in and out job usually. Uh, that's exactly right. So that leads to people then rushing because they don't want to get caught in there. So then they're probably more likely to do, have something more minor happen to because they're out there trying not to be seen. Yeah. So I think the big thing, and probably, I've probably said it five times, is to have those things where people get forced to rush or where they have to sit and wait for so long and then eventually when they get to do the job, they're either got the shits, their heart rate's over 100, so they're not making good choices, or they're breaking a rule so they go out and try and do something really quickly to get it done. 
They have good intentions, but they end up breaking a rule that is probably, again, only being brought in to try and plug a gap rather than make people responsible for looking for hazards. Yeah, and and it's everything, every head and every stope, every situation. No, there's no identical situation underground. Everything, nothing's ever the same. And these, no, right. plugging these gaps is all being done with generic rules that people are trying to just put over the fucking whole thing just to essentially so they don't have to worry about grey areas and room for interpretation. That's, and one, one, spe- right. one specific one, it was a combo we had at our site because there's always that grey area about bogging stripping, especially yep. um, left-hand strips on your cab side. So right-hand yep. strips, all good. Your cab's always usually will always be under within a bloody supporter ground. Support ground. But then, like, the whole thing comes comes back to the fact, like, you're bogging a 4.9 metre, you bore around with a 4.9 metre steel and you, your cab your cab will be close, pulls to the arse, your cab's going to be under unsupported ground. But the whole, you know, the contractors have done a risk assessment on that and said, look, if, if you break down at the face while you're hard up against the face, you can get out the back window. <laughs> well, that's the that's yeah. the whole thing. And then same with these left-hand strips. They bloody were essentially saying you only had to – you could only put a blanket rule saying you can only bog to a point, then you had to bold it, spray it, bog the rest of it, blah, blah, blah. And it was just like, again, a blanket rule that was just – fucking oh just not not needed whereas they've they've come back now and said they're like it is up to the operator because every strip is different not then every every drive's different the angle you go in might be different like it's all there's so many things that can change down there and and they pretty much said it's 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 at the operator's discretion if he believes he can't get out the back window and remain under supported ground then that's the that's the point where you stop and again, it's it's empowering the operator to make this decision, not not be scared of not doing it and thinking of getting sacked afterwards. I guess the other thing you could look at from a different perspective is how many issues have actually arisen because of it. Oh, pe- people have been sacked over it. I think. <laughs> no, I mean not issues on that front. I'm like, how many incidents, or how many injuries, or how many people have been hurt whilst bogging, stripping. Yeah, well, I can't think of any. <laughs> it doesn't mean that it hasn't happened. No. But is it actually a risk or is it just something that we've made up because someone once said, oh, that's not a full roll bolt anymore. Yeah. So really we shouldn't go past it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So then someone's gone, roll right out. We've got to make this hard and fast rule. Yeah. But that's, oh. And I just think people get so much more out of it by having that, where where they get up and say it, it's it's up to the operator if he thinks he can do it safely without getting hurt. There yeah. you go. And I reckon bloody ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time wouldn't be a drama. Yeah. Yeah, and that and that's the whole thing about like procedure breaches and like unless they're like really fucking really bad ones where you know they could have really hurt someone but it's like when you get people that get sacked for a procedure breach where they 
weren't putting anyone in danger. They just sort of broke one of these, one of these little, I guess, rules that have been not not made oh, no. up. I'm sure they're made up for a, a reason, but it's yeah, it's it's a very when you, you you're essentially you're essentially sacked on a technicality. That's right, and uh, one of my biggest again. Getting, digressing a little bit here. One of my biggest things was in investigating things on potential. Yeah. Because if you're only investigating on potential, it means nothing's actually happened. Yeah. Like there hasn't been a result. So you're investing. Essentially, you're investigating and bringing things, bringing other things in into place to prevent something that didn't even happen. Yeah, yeah. So we, I'll use an example. One place I was at, uh, truck pulled out in front of an LV. Didn't give way, didn't see it. Trucks are big, limited vision. He pulled out, the truck stopped. Sorry, the, the car stopped. The truck, he saw the car and stopped. No collision. But we had to investigate that on potential because it was considered serious potential incident. Yeah. And then we were trying to bring things in to prevent it from happening. But you're like, nothing happened. And I'm like, and I actually got yelled at. I said, well, what are we actually, we've got to remember that all the things that we had in place actually worked. So why do we need to bring in something else? <laughs> Controversial turnsy. Going against, you know going against the grain of these uh, people that have uh, lived and breathed this ICAM and procedures. Right. <laughs> but but and where you, know you, you that that bloody thing wouldn't it ICAMs would go for three days if uh there was multiple people like you in there. That's why that's why people want to bring in these fucking blanket rules. They're like, let's just we've just got to bring in something because I don't want to do this ICAM anymore. Well they actually they all they want to do is find an easy fix. But you know what, if you actually fix the problem, which is the fact that people aren't paying attention for whatever reason, you have a better result because guess what? Then you don't have to investigate anything Yeah, because exactly. everything else stops. And then you could actually... There's not as safety, many incidents. Well, safety people, safety people could actually get down the hole and bloody spend time with the crews and, you know, do what they, most people actually want to get into safety and training for, but that bogged down with fucking ender and workplace inspections and hazards in INX and and doing yep. uh, bloody eye cams. They, they don't actually, even get a chance to go down the hole. I actually think in the future there'll be very few safety people at all. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. What's because going to replace it? The people that are already there. Yeah. Because... The, the responsibility levels will shift and people will, the environment will change enough where people actually, because again, I'm probably changing the story a bit here, but what actually is safety? It's Ooh. an end result. I love your riddles. You always like, <laughs> I always wait for you to come with, buddy, I'm like, is, he, is this a question? Oh. But, uh, it was a question, but what actually is it? I'd go and do the job safely. So I can do the job anyway. If I finish it and it's done well and no one's hurt, then it's been done safely. Yeah. But if I go out there and break a rule and don't hurt myself, they go, you can do that job safely. 
Yeah, but I did. <laughs> but I did because no one got hurt. Yeah. Yeah. But safety is actually an outcome, not any sort of action. It's a result. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, geez, so, getting deep. So in, in reality, I think there won't be a need. There might be some like safety admin people. People will still um, do stuff, but a lot of it will be people will be not having them having the incidents because the way that we do the work in the future will make it more human friendly, and companies will look after their people better, so that they'll. Uh, want to be there rather than not be there, and look, there's. I think we do. We talk about engagement levels and that across the country last time. Yeah, I think so. Rehash it for me. So, fourteen percent of people in Australia and New Zealand are engaged in work. Yeah. Seventy-one percent are not engaged, and fifteen percent are actively disengaged. Yeah. So, 14% of people rock up every day, motivated, enthusiastic, and want to do a good job. Yeah. 71% rock up and do the bare minimum to get through the day. Yeah. And 15% actually go against the grain. (laughs) And, well, it's not only that. They want to undermine the other people who want to do a good job. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, there's more people undermining than actually wanting to do a good job. Uh, so the yeah, so we refer to them as your, the shit cunts. If yeah. you look at your site, how many blokes are on your site? Oh, let, let's just say a hundred. Simple. Hundred. So fourteen people take you out of it because you're one of them. So thirteen other people you work with go to work wanting to do a good job. Yeah. The others are there just to rock up and do what they have to do. And yeah. when they're doing that, they're not thinking about what they're doing, so they're at more risk of hurting himself yeah and then there's a 15 percent of people who are just the cancers yeah and just want to be miserable yeah yeah it's pretty so, and it's funny when you think of that it's pretty <laughs> so i've got i'm just going through in my head and i'm putting i'm attributing which people could fall in each mate, category it's, it's fucking scary yeah when you think about it it is fucking scary so, talking about responsibility, responsibilities will go to the people doing the job. They're responsible for doing their job without hurting themselves. The responsibility of the company is to make sure that the environment is right for them to be able to do that. Yeah. That's where we need to get to. Yeah. Yeah. And, look, another one for me is the, you know, you talk about all the, oh, I talk about it all the time, mentoring. You don't. You see it all in the professional sense. There's always mentoring for people in you know the corporate levels and tech services have mentors. But where's yeah. your your ones for your underground folk? And it's you know when it's uh, you know when they do in say in your safety meeting they'll say uh, they'll, they'll they'll have the big forum. All the bosses are in there. It's like fucking get someone to stand up. Say oh how are you going to? Uh, do your job today and they get up every time and they just essentially rehearse the procedure and say this is this is how i do it this is just trying not just trying to say it Uh, yeah i've done it before and you get up and you just you literally regurgitate what you know conforms to the procedure and you essentially 
saying it not to get in shit, but it's like get every fucking bastard out of the room, get the crew in there and do the same thing and get, you know, your experienced fellas to stand up and say, this is how I do it. This is how, this is this is the shit I think about. And you, you'd, you'd learn so much more about, because you're not trying to bloody dodge the fucking procedure and the specific details like, oh, I've got to bloody, like, you tell it how it is. And that's and that's and teach inexperienced people to, you know, this is how I do it. This is this is the this is not the right way or the wrong way. This is my way, and this is how I do it. Not this is how I do it, so I don't get hurt. Yeah. And it's like and this and I guess these are the shortcuts I take that work. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, but you know, if it's a if it's a shortcut and it works, is it a shortcut? Exactly, or is it just a smarter way of doing it? Or has something just been brought into place because maybe something happened once and a person said, oh, yeah, I was doing this. And they said that to cover their own ass to not get into trouble, but they were actually doing something completely different. Yeah. How many or how many things have been brought in when people have told porky pies about what they were doing when they hurt themselves? Yeah, exactly. And then they go when to the they, wet mess afterwards and it all comes out. That's right. And you find out exactly what happened. Yeah. So... Right, good overview of the some of the stuff we'd bring in. Now, where would you look? And as you said, you love the opportunity to do something like this in WA, probably underground specifically. That's your that's oh, your man, bread and butter. Where where would you start? How would you how would you approach something like this? Right, so we'll get to the point. I've created a little survey. I'd love people to do it. Yep. I'd try and get as much info as I can. Mate, I did a survey. It's like 10 questions. Take two minutes to do it. I think that's what the actual website said. Takes two minutes to do. Yeah. Um, 10 questions. Answer them as best you can. And I look, the more more people that do it, the more info I can get. And then I'd probably just approach the uh, mines department or company specifically. Um but it'd be good to hit the mines department up, get approval to um, trial something and go from there. And look, mate, you know, if, if, if a trial worked, it would be madness for everyone not to do it because the benefits, mate, are massive. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like there's oh, – this is – even when we're talking about mandatory, I forgot to bring this up before. You know how like WA, you've got to, whenever you're in an LV or a truck, you've got to have your helmet, glasses, all your full PPE on. Yeah. When I went to work at a mine site in Queensland, as long as you, you can be in a enclosed cab, as long as the windows are all up, you don't have to have your glasses, helmet on. You can just drive around like you're fucking normal. I mean, you've got to, you've got to have your belt on with your self-rescuer. But yeah. you, you can take your helmet and your glasses off. Yeah. And and it's just like, yeah, that that's a mandatory. I think it's odd, I think, because the regs are different. But, yeah, it's just like that's a mandatory thing you could like, you know, quick thing to get rid of. It's a trial. What, what's it doing? Nothing. Yeah, just, and it's not, you can still wear them if you want to. We're not telling you you can't do it. Yeah, but you don't have to. Or just because to. it's not a rule, you don't have to do it. Yeah, yeah. So. If you want to wear it, wear it. So when you talk, if you don't, you're not going to get into trouble. Yeah. So, right. So you'd approach the DMP, and obviously the you'd 
you'd go to them with like you, you've got info from, as you said, because it's a bit of a, a quantum shift compared to what what happens at the moment. But you go to, you've got evidence, as you said, from these conferences that you know companies like Woolworths. You, you, Woolworths is essentially the BHP of supermarkets, like like BHP is a like you know you're, they're your blue chip yeah, top, right. top tier organisations. They're a big company. And if they've done something like this and it's shown drastic improvements, then yeah, I think it, I think it's a it's great because you've got you've got that ammo behind you. And then obviously if we get we get everyone to do this survey, get everyone on board, I'll chuck the link on the on the post on Facebook numerous times. I'll just keep re smashing everyone with it. Because yeah. what's it on oh, that? What'd you say it's on survey? Survey, survey monkey. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I've, I've got a little link. I'll send it to you. Yeah. Um, it takes you just, mate, it's very basic. Ten questions done. Yeah. Have you got um, the vagina mate, finger photo yet? Mate, it came through, but uh, went to like a Google pic and it wasn't downloading for me. So I you're bloody trying for a second. I may as well. Um, I'll, oh, you're not on Facebook or nothing. God. Oh, it's coming through now, mate. There you go. Oh, yeah, that's all right. That's a good one, eh? Bloody, not bad. Bloody beautiful, yeah. No, it was pretty fucking hurt. Yeah. I bet it did. <laughs> it did. No, it didn't hurt at the time. It was the day after. Cause day you after. Pumped with adrenaline that much, yeah. Yes, anyway. Um, right. Oh, how much, how many, what sort of, how many surveys would you want as a good sample? How many would oh, you want? What, what, have you got a target sample amount? No, just as many as possible. Obviously, the more you get, the the more rounded um, the results are. To be honest, yeah. Uh, if, if we get next to nothing, then really it's not there's not really the ammo to go there. And like the questions are just going on the questions. They're really just about procedures and safety management systems and and stuff like that. What some of the gripes are that blokes have, and have you got does a, it help them or not? Have you got a have you got an example of one of the questions? Do you remember one? Mate, what I can do, you're at your computer, aren't you? Yeah. I will send you through the link. And then I'll... And I'll can, I'm going to do... Can, actually, you know what I'm going to do? You can do it. I can do... I'm going to do the survey right now. And I'm going to... Yeah. I'm going to tell everyone what my answers are. This might... This might bloody give away the... This, this is going to give away the survey. But this is uh, this could be interesting. Which which email are you sending it to? I'll just text it to you. So you can do it on your phone. Don't need a computer. Do it on your phone. Here we go. Survey monkey. Adam turns mining. Good. Very um creative topic title there. Very mate. Very common creative guy, mate. <laughs> right. Question one. What do you think of your job? Love it. Pays the bills. It's dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Oh, I love it. Oh, weirdly, I'm a fucking, as I said, I'm one of those 17. Oh, I love it. I'm a bit of a weirder. Number two, what got you into mining? Whole family does it. Always wanted to do it. Money, lifestyle. I'm going to say money. That's what got me into it. But I, yeah, yeah I was, I didn't even know what it was, but I knew it paid shitloads. Question three, what do you think makes mining safe? Good procedures, people, it isn't safe following rules well the most things that will hurt you are the people and it's and it's people directly or indirectly so you might get sent into a job that hasn't been 
inspected properly by a person. So it's the people. My opinion. As I said, this is this is pretty subjective. Question four. What do you think of your company's safety management system? Rely on it completely. Use it to check up on stuff occasionally. I think we have one. Well, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Our site, the site on that, I reckon's really good. Oh, like in terms of we don't get bashed in meetings and it's... No, I reckon it's bloody awesome where I'm at. Um, whoa. Say, I don't know. Use it. I'm going to use it to check it off on so, stuff occasionally. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the, the point of that one is, would you be able to go down and do your job without it? Ah, I like that. Yep. Uh, question five. How did you learn to do your job? By doing it, I read the procedure by watching others do it. By watching others do it. Question six. Could you do your job safely if there were no procedures? Yes, very much so. Seven. Is there anything that makes your job harder than it needs to be? If yes, please list the three top things. Um... Uh, hanging trailing cables. They're just changing this procedure, especially it's usually going around. Hanging the trailing cable, those heavy ones are introduce more harm than good with bloody yeah. uh, manual handling injuries. Um, three. What else? What else? Uh, oh, workplace inspection. It's just something I have to worry about and that's in the back of my head that doesn't need to be in the back of my head. Um, three top things or more if you like. My job harder. If there's not, if there's not three, you don't have to. Anything that really gives you the shits when you got to do it. Yeah. That doesn't. Anything that gives you the shits that you think you could get by without having, oh, without doing sleeves, it at all. Sleeves down. That's fucking. Mandatory if they say mandatory sleeves down, and when it's fucking hot as anything, jam that up your ass. Anyone that comes down and says, "Oh, you got to roll your sleeves down," I'm like, "Right, oh, will you stand here for fucking two hours with your sleeves down and throw all the bolts for me?" And you see how you going? Yeah, that pisses me off. Um, right, eight. When new rules are brought in, does it get explained why? Yes, yes. I'm going to go with yes. Do these new rules benefit you or make work safer? Hmm. It's a it's a tough one sometimes. Well, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with no because usually usually all the I think all the any new rule that has to be bought in now is it's all all the big things that have been bought in are you know they've been bought in already. already in what? Place. What? It's not like something's going to pop up now that's going to be like, "Fuck! How have we missed that for the last fifty years?" Yep. Like, yeah. Question ten: Would you like to see your company make things easier and safer for you? Yep. Like it. Done. Yep. Was that Easy. were my um were my answers pretty similar to yours? Yeah, uh, probably one or two that I was a bit surprised by but um some of that's probably interpretation yeah. that's right doesn't matter mate you exactly do what you do yeah. i just got it 
just got an email, your first survey response. Oh, I was the first. Ah. You were the first, mate. Yeah. You're the only other person that knows I did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll put the I'll put the link up on the on the Facebook post. I'll spread it throughout LinkedIn as well. Get the professional people on it as well. But it's and I guess let's re- reiterate the purpose of this is there's like the more people that can do oh look this is where we haven't got a prize draw for this or anything but look the motivation is if you can people to do this survey this is going to give you know give turnsy a bit of uh, a bit of ammo a bit of background on to take to on what everyone take you hey. take to the regulatory authorities to say look this is what everyone thinks i've got this evidence i've got this evidence and the the plus for all of us is like everyone talks about getting rid of all the bullshit well this might be one step closer to making that happen yeah that's right i think you've got to you got to try mate because right every day i went to work for 10 years someone complained about something yeah um and yeah i, I could sit there and i could take ample information to them and plead my case but that's only my opinion. So if I could get a thousand people to do that, then it's a thousand people's opinion on those ten questions. Yeah. That could help. Well, if ten thousand people do it, ten thousand. But if ten people do it, then really what's the point? Yeah. So I guess it's a matter of looking at it. If anyone sees it and they want to help help themselves in their workplace and that, then uh, it'd be good for them to do it and help themselves out in the end. Yeah. Oh, very good, Turnsy. Well, mate, we've covered a bloody... I think we've gone longer than our original one, hour and a half. Mate, we have. We've gone one and a half hours, mate. Oh, Killing God. it. Okay. I don't even think we talked about half the stuff we planned on. No, no. What did we miss? Anything we missed? Is that, yeah, this is your oh, opportunity mate. to bring up anything we've missed. <laughs> no, I don't think so, mate. I think it's been a pretty good chat. Oh. I hope you got something from it. I did, I did. Fuck, it just bloody, it fucking interests me so much how they've, oh, it's more intriguing that, like, that Woolworths thing you talked about, it's just like, it's it's the stuff we all dream about, but actually the fact that it's actually happening, that they're doing these trials where they're like, let's, let's pretty much run the gauntlet, let's take all the procedures away. Like and not think about like oh imagine if something happens imagine if oh what are we what are the people are going to bloody sue us and all this they've had the guts right. to they've had the guts to go right let's just take everything away and let's just see what happens. Yep. And I think the ben- I think I think the results would surprise a lot of people and the benefits would be massive. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So I reckon you're going to get inundated with uh, love and messages after this, Turnsy. Mate, I would love to be in Undated. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Follow Adam Turns on uh, LinkedIn if you're all out there. <laughs> you got to get a blog out. You should get a blog going. Have mate, you got a blog? I've got, mate, I've, well, I've got a little website, um, but uh, I'm not really working, using it since I started this job, but oh, I don't know. Mate, uh, I'll send you that. I'll give it to you now. www. Simplexi, as in S-Y-M-P-L-E-X-I dot com dot A-U. Simplexi. Simplexi. So I might do, there's a, I'm able to do a blog on that if I want, but um, if anyone wants to have a look at that, go for it. Nice. Nice. Um, very basic little website, but if you want to 
if you want to contact me, contact me. Go for it. I'm that, happy to talk to you. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, I love your work, Turnsy. What's planned for the weekend, brother? Right, well, Mrs. is taking me for lunch, as I said. Oh, you got the big four. The big four O. Big four O, mate. You need to get grey hair because once you get grey hair, people will respect you a lot more. Mate, I'm a little bit grey. I've got a few greys. Yeah. But, uh, mate, I can't believe I'm turning 40. It's unbelievable. Oh, where's all the time gone? Where's the last 20 years gone? Yeah, (laughs) straight to the, a lot to the bloody. kegs and tab i uh, reckon but uh over a quarter of that was spent at telfer how <laughs> awesome oh really yeah yeah oh 20 years quarter five years yep yep i got you yeah. now yeah yeah oh worst places to be mate mate absolutely there's better but there's if, worse if i didn't go there i would never have met you matthew oh no we wouldn't be having this conversation wonder wonder That's if right. we would have you would have reached out sort of yeah just oh the, what is it? The butterfly effect. Butterfly effect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. There just comes to a point where I'm like, fuck, we've just got to hit stop because we'll just yeah. keep rambling on with shit. We otherwise. could keep talking for another hour. <laughs> Mate, it's been awesome. Right. Awesome message. I love it. Right. So Mate. long and the short, dudes turns his fucking survey and check out his website, simplexi.com.au. And I'll send it. I'll put all the links up on, uh, on Facebook and Let's try. Let's try get this show on the road. Essentially, let's, I'm pretty. Let's try and that. make some improvements, eh? Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Let's talk. And this is the best thing about this. Talk. We're getting to talk about all the shit that no one's got the balls to. I'm probably my professional credibility might be damaged, but I don't think that's the case. I think it's going the other no, way for both of not us. Not at all, mate. Because it's uh, yeah, yeah, going against the grain. It's it's a bit of a risk, but someone's got to do it. Yeah. Let's give it a crack. Yeah, love it. Righto, Turnsy. Thanks very much, mate. Love your work. Righto, mate. See you, Talk to you soon. See you, mate. Righto, that concludes my chat with Turnsy. Uh, awesome, awesome view. And awesome. Look, it gets me excited thinking that this might be the road that the safety systems might go down. Now, make sure you complete Turnsy's survey. I'll put the link up on the uh, on the Facebook post. And look, as I said, 10 questions couple of minutes piece of piss and it'll just give give turnsy a bit of uh you know a bit of leverage to go and talk to these people and potentially get a trial like this happening in the mining industry which i reckon is pretty exciting so yeah thanks again for listening everyone and make sure you share the facebook page and like it on itunes and give it a rating and a review all that bloody normal shit i ask you to do all helps in spreading the word about life of mine and much appreciate everyone doing it off their own bat already legends right up over and out thank you